0: Hey guys welcome back to tap that easy podcast i'm your host eric walters this episode is brought to you by goodfellas merch out of glendale so goodfellas is a screen printing company that does t-shirts hats they even embroider hats at this point as well awesome people running a great operation joe and Jenna are just the best awesome customer service best prices i've found and the best quality. So if you're looking to get some merchandise and you want somebody that's going to really help you out and, and help you capture that vision that you have for your merchandise, reach out to these guys, Goodfellowsmerch.com. reach out to them, let them know Tap that Easy sent you. Tap that Easy is also now part of the Hopped Up Network, which is a network of independent craft beer podcasts. And just a bunch of great podcasts. So check them out. I think there's close to 30 now that are part of this network. So check it out at hop.network.com and find your new second favorite craft beer podcast. Um, All right, let's jump into this. So this is part two of Camping and Cool Shipping with Arizona Wilderness. In this episode, this is mostly everybody else. So the last episode was the Wilderness People and uh, Chris Malloy from Phoenix New Times. This episode is going to be everybody else from uh, libertine and sour sellers and scratch and, and all these guys are just awesome awesome people great conversations now keep in mind this episode was recorded a little bit later in the evening when consumption levels had reached a new height uh, so makes for some pretty fun great conversations awesome people very knowledgeable about what they do and just cool people it was a great time so hopefully you guys enjoy this episode as well so let's tap into camping and cool shipping with arizona wilderness part two at Camp Cool Ship. Everybody's uh, all around the tank for some reason, right? What
1: the fuck are they doing?
0: (laughs) Dude, this is awesome. So do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, Yeah, my name's uh, Aaron Clyden. I'm with Scratch Brewing Company. We're in uh, Southern Illinois, about six hours south of Chicago. There's part of a state down there that most people don't know about. Yeah. (laughs) So we're an hour from Kentucky, a couple hours from Nashville, and
0: Close yeah. to uh, St. Louis too, right? Yeah,
1: about an kind hour and of. a half from St. Louis, so that's okay. the closest airport.
0: Yeah, you guys are doing some awesome shit out there, man.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we uh, uh, we have five acres next to my parents and family friends. There's about 900 acres there that I can roam around on, and it's all uh, kind of deciduous white oak forest. So when you think about American white oak, it co- it all comes from that nearby within an hour of there so it's uh, all of it yeah just about no shit yeah so not not 100% of it but most of what you get in uh, bourbon barrels and a lot of wine barrels are made uh, right across the river in Missouri it's this area that's like really rich in plant diversity so our brewery uses a lot of other plants other than hops to bitter beer it's There's more plant diversity there than almost anywhere else in the United States just because we have plants coming from the prairie stretch into there, plants from the north, and then swamps from the south, and the forest all kind of meet right there where the Mississippi and the Ohio come together. So we're really in the perfect spot to use uh, a bunch of different plants uh, yeah. in our beers. And um, I guess our like eventual goal and what we set out to do was to try to make a beer that's distinctively uh southern illinois or okay. so if you travel to a town in europe let's say and you can get a a certain amaro in italy let's say or a certain kind of schnapps in germany there's no distribution you can only get it there and it tastes like that place and that nostalgic memory that's established after drinking that is like so powerful and you'll always remember it. So that's kind of the goal, the long-term goal and the, the way we're going. So we don't typically use many spices in our beer, okay? but we use like whole herbs from the forest. So we're kind of building, we've been open for six years now and we're just kind of building this like a tool chest of uh, natural spices If you will, in our beers,
0: natural spices that are local to you guys, exactly, exactly, and
1: a lot of things that people probably haven't tried or haven't used in beer before.
0: Yeah, what you just said, just so give you a little background story, and not and not trying to be a fanboy or anything, but I am right. (laughs) So (laughs) six months ago, um, I went to uh, Jester King in Austin, and it really opened my eyes to the wild, like the wild ales. It's like, dude, there is fucking great shit like in our in our area right to Mm -hmm. really capture the essence the essence of what's here right so when i after i went to jester king i'm like dude who are the best like and when i say who are like in my mind i'm thinking but what i meant was i was googling right so i googled Mm -hmm. best like wild fermentation natural resource breweries out there and you guys came up on like like high up on the list of multiple lists so Mm -hmm. I've got little pins on my Mm -hmm. map all across the country, but you guys are, like, right there. Like, I will make a special trip out to your guys' place because of what you guys are doing, man. And that's cool. The thing you just said that really kind of blew my mind was, like, you're using different things other than hops to bitter. Like, what? Like, nobody's thinking of that stuff. That's fucking badass, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we have... Uh, maybe we have a hundred to a 150 hop rhizomes in the ground and we grow Cascade Chinook, Willamette and, uh, Nugget and the Chinook grow really well. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you, like picking hops and using that plant is a pain in the ass.
0: Really? (laughs) Why? There's no,
1: (laughs) there's no plant better in beer. If there was other plants would have been used exclusively sure but as for the antimicrobial properties of hops and then uh um kind of the bitterness you get from there is really is really nice so i don't think i mean certain plants like say cedar at certain times can it's slightly antimicrobial and it'll prevent maybe a little bit of lactobacillus from taking over but basically they just buy you a couple hours here and there okay whereas hops can really kind of lock that uh lock that bacteria in and uh kind of prevent it from from doing its thing so yeah. i guess we approach we approach beer uh and brewing kind of kind of logically so we we bake uh about eh, 70 to 100 loaves of bread a week somewhere in there so we've always had this like sourdough culture around the brewery, and it's like, well, we know this has some sac. It's probably got a lot of lactobacillus in it. So we started experimenting and brewing with that. So now about eighty percent of our beers are all brewed with that sour beers and, uh, in quotations, clean beers because um, I mean we're we're pitching a sourdough culture and we're adding hops to keep prevent it from souring. Okay. So it won't sour in the life of the beer. Yeah. Uh. But at the same time, is it is it really a clean beer, you know? So yeah. we're, uh, so we started with that and then we just keep going and every batch of beer is like kind of an experiment to learn what the next batch could be. So each year our beers get more complex, they get better, um, and we're kind of we learn every day and that's kind of the exciting thing about brewing and the way we brew is it's always different the batches are different there's not a um there's not a flagship beer necessarily like keeps it exciting for the brewers it keeps it exciting for our customers who come um and basically it just keeps things fresh and new and we're constantly learning and by varying it like that You really establish like A, um, a really creative way of thinking And uh, You kind of don't get stuck in a rut Sometimes that uh, You could fall into But our breweries, we're really small We're 300 barrels a year And um, We have a little more liberty Where our location is for using these ingredients Because we're literally In the middle of the forest So yeah. we use tree barks and leaves and dead leaves and uh lots of mushrooms and beers um so anything basically with a flavor you can go into beer i mean so often people experiment with food and i mean you start with a recipe what do you start with with beer it's kind of a recipe too so it's really no different and the the fun part comes in with like uh problem solving on how do I get this flavor to come out in the beer. Sure. And you may have three or four failures, but eventually you'll figure out the right the right time to add it to get exactly what you want. So
0: you don't remember the failures though that you remember that one that was like, fuck <laughs> yeah,
1: we nailed it right. I yeah. mean it's very rare that we uh have to dump a deer uh, a beer based on like an ingredient we've added. Yeah. It's usually Well, like, it's not so often, but occasionally you'll have uh, fermentation issues or something will break, and then the temperature's wrong, and so, uh, before we opened, we were all homebrewers. There were three of us who opened it, yeah, and we were all homebrewers, and so we brewed a ton of different beers, and then having a... When we opened, we had a a barrel-and-a-half system, which we still have, and, um... So, I think we had 160 beers that year. In year one? Yeah, in year Fuck one. Yeah. And I mean, we're we're usually though. at least yeah. around 100 different beers a year. So.
0: Every year. Yeah. you have some flagships? Do you have flagships? Uh, we'll at this brew point? a
1: beer like once a year, maybe. Okay. That'd yeah. be about the closest we get. Yeah. But it's really been nice not having one because we've been able to. Um, I mean, we're from a rural area yeah. and being able to. Maybe people that wouldn't normally approach a beer style, unless it was a blonde. Let's say we kind of start and get them comfortable drinking one beer, and we're like, well, maybe you'll like this Oktoberfest, or maybe you'll like this Vienna-style lager. Try this Saison. Oh, you don't like hops? Try this sour beer. So we've been able to, like, uh, really... I mean, we have people in there that drink mainstream light American lagers every day but yet when they come to our place they'll drink sour beers and they love sour beers so just getting our customers kind of the confidence to uh, try new things has been really important and it's been fun to seeing people who maybe approach things with hesitation and at the end they're like I mean they're drinking a sour beer with say uh somebody who's been into craft beer for a really long time so yeah uh yeah it's it's really neat doing it
0: you know it's interesting you say that because um you always think about like the transition from Miller light, Coors Light into craft beer is going to be a lager dude. Get that right up to the microphone and crack that thing open. <laughs> you were all quiet about it, like, yeah. Like, no, dude, fucking crack that baby open. That's a, that's the uh, lager. That's a wilderness, Franconian-style lager. We're yeah, going to talk about that in a minute. Like, really nice. Wilderness yeah. Just in general. But um, it's really cool because you think about um, the way to get the, the macro fans into craft beer is to brew something that's similar to what they they drink right so let's make a Pilsner because these guys that drink Pilsners or lager or whatever it is get them into it but sours seem to be yeah, I mean entry point
1: for us I mean I notice it a lot because uh people kind of have an aversion to hops they don't like bitter and that's probably a product of prohibition and kind of the soft drink industry but they have an aversion to hop so the sour beer is not quite such a stretch yeah. if you start them with and let them know it's sour and say hey this may remind you of a sweet tart even if it's not even close to a sweet tart but yeah. just let them know it's sour and something they're familiar with so
0: do you, do you find a lot of people coming into your place just like flavors are not uh day from uh Alvarado Street's got the fucking bongo, dude. He's gonna get crazy. <laughs> I
2: don't the- want to steer the thunder, actually. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna walk away.
0: Well, well I was gonna I was <laughs> gonna ask him this one last, <laughs> ah, dude. We've got we got John on the acoustic. John, get up there. But I was gonna say, do you Aaron, do you-,
1: you have made it to Arizona, and that is my dream. Oh Erin, you've made it to Arizona. Your eyes are so green, so green. And fermenting is what we do. It's beautiful. Fermenting, I'll do it with you and attend mm-hmm. tonight. Oh Erin, from mm-hmm. scratch. More, more, <laughs> yeah. more. That was great. Yeah. Dave, you can't take
0: the headphones off to do that. Yeah, you're gonna stay. But, you I, but I do got I got a, a question for you. Is like. Do you have people coming in, into your place, open to flavors, right? Not so much like, "Hey, this is what I like, match that," but just like, "Hey, what do you guys got? Like, What do you have to offer?"
1: Yeah, a lot of times people ask what our favorites are, yeah, and um, I don't know. It's it's hard to uh, it's hard to pick beers out for people, but I will. I'll usually ask them what they like, and then. Yeah. I'll always uh throw one on there that I know or that I assume that they won't like.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Just so they'll remember it. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. You want I
1: always wanna like push them a little bit and then uh, yeah. So it's uh yeah. I wanna thank these guys here at Arizona Wilderness for inviting us out. It's um so, are, are you, so, how excited are you to be part of this this here thing? Uh, I'm really excited. I think the for me the the really neat thing is that I'm coming to a place where I'm passionate about where I'm passionate about where I live in Southern Illinois, and Pat and John and the whole Arizona Wilderness team are very passionate about living in Arizona and bringing me to a place that they love. As much as a, where I where I live, I I really appreciate that and that yeah. kind of sincerity is uh, really really nice to be a part of and um, a totally. sense of
0: place, right?
1: Like, yeah, you guys are
0: big time into just capturing what and then, grows where yeah. you're at, man.
1: Yeah, and then I don't know, just they're uh, brewing with local grain and we brew with local grain, and it just that idea of Doing all you can to help that industry and help uh, people in your area is, like, really important. So yeah. that passion is definitely contagious, and um, so I'm I'm really glad to be here. So thank you.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm, yeah. I'm actually looking at flight prices to St. Louis so I can drive to your place. Yeah. It's a destination for me at this point, dude. So, dude, I appreciate it, man.
1: Thank you. I You're really welcome. Do. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. We already have two
0: other guests here, like hijacking. I would say hijacking. Andrew. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Look at him. He's trying to walk away. Yeah. All right. So.
2: Rosie's is actually. Rosie's is my name now. Rosie? His name's Andrew Rose. We all call him. His name's Andrew Rose. We all call him Rosie. So, tonight. We call
0: him Rosie. Oh, Tonight we call him
3: #Hashtag. It's a very creative nickname.
0: So let's uh, let's introduce everybody. Let's start with this gentleman right here. Uh, my name is Luke Pestel,
4: uh, one of the owners of Bellwoods Brewery in Toronto, Canada. 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 Canada.
0: Bellwoods. What do you guys specialize in? Sharks Uh, on brooms, dude. That's a fucking great shirt. I just noticed that. Dude.
4: That's uh, the logo from one of our double IPAs we've been doing since we opened. Nice, man. Um, We don't really specialize. We do a lot of different stuff from, uh, you know, as a lot of breweries do now. Hoppy beers, a lot of mixed ferment beers, and Imperial Stouts. We kind of mix in everything. We started as a brew pub, so we're just trying to make a balanced menu, and we've expanded from that, and we have... A team of nine trained brewers now that are all like eager to make the best beer that they can and nice. we do everything that we we do lagers ipas
0: so combo so combo between like the classic styles and the mixed fermentation yeah we, wild have, a, we have a
4: cool ship we have a uh fleet of fooders and barrels that we're doing mixed ferment beers and spirit barrels from bureau stouts and we have two brew houses, a 7-barrel for our brew pub and doing pilot batches there, and we have a 30-barrel that we can do larger batches. And uh, We do all of our mixed ferment with our 30-barrel system, nice. but, so we can break that up into however we want to do it.
0: So I, but I don't want to uh, hijack the, the conversation with what you guys do, but Canada, what what is the craft beer scene like in Canada? Because in the U.S., it's fucking insane this point right especially california colorado like this whole this whole side of the country so what's it like in, in
4: um i mean a lot of craft breweries opened in the 90s there was a big push towards craft beer in the 90s and there was a lot of inspiring breweries like Judicial um among others in, in ontario in quebec Judicial but um others in ontario as well like the granite brew pub opened in i think the early 90s um and Amsterdam Brew Pub and there's a whole bunch of like '90s, like older style uh, craft breweries doing, um, you know, uh, accessible craft beers. And then around the time when we opened, uh, there was a new fleet of uh, brewers that were opening across the country. But Toronto is a big kind, con- a big city, so a lot of what was happening in Toronto around when we opened and doing more experimental brews, and it grew and it sort of gained a lot of momentum at that point. And, uh, and now there's like it seems like breweries opening every six months. I think we it's went from when we opened, I think that. there were a dozen breweries in Toronto. And now yeah. there's about 60 breweries in Toronto.
0: Just in the city alone. Yeah. Holy shit.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ontario went from about 80 breweries to about 250 breweries in the last seven years. Damn. Um wow. So it's, it's blowing up for sure. It's crazy, right? That is crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Says Dave from Alvarado Street. <laughs> yeah. which, in. which introduction.
2: Right. Uh, yes, my name is uh, Dave, aka Party Wave Dave. Uh, <laughs>
0: Party Wave Dave. Is that like a hashtag? A, it's uh, it's, on it's your actually card. on my business card. I, yeah, yeah, a, I knew it. It's on your <laughs> business card. I, it's Party official. Wave Dave.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome.
2: These look at these blinging cards,
0: dude. Is that glow in the dark? <laughs> it's gold. Oh dude, that's fucking, that's gold. He's like, no, dude, I ain't glow in the dark. It's fucking gold, man. <laughs> 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 and it's heavy. It's heavy like gold too, man. <laughs> <laughs> David it's Party Wave Ilderton. Dude, that's fucking bad. Is this mine? That's yours. Oh, right there, dude, yeah. that's that's going up on <laughs> a plaque. Going on <laughs> it's going on eBay.
2: <laughs> 30 years.
0: Yeah. So Alvarado Street. So you guys are in uh, Monterey, California. Central, yeah. right? Central, the, central Central Coast, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe and, the most uh, beautiful area in uh, in it's the, amazing. The yeah, 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 we we yeah.
2: live uh in yeah, we're just blessed to live in like an amazing beautiful area uh this whales like i could see them from my porch you know step out you know have some coffee look at some whales and yeah go on my day Dude, ordinary stuff right? <laughs> right
1: i did see we did see humpback
4: we weren't in monterey we were just north of santa cruz on the coast and we saw it we were just sitting right we, on a road trip yeah, coming down yeah. to santa cruz near there yeah and uh fucking humpbacks they have yeah, humpbacks. uh we have, they have orcas and watch humpbacks. Uh, it's beautiful it so awesome. it's like yeah. a, it's like
2: a protective andrew knows a lot about it he did uh he went to uh, college there in that area. Did um, you grow up in that area? He went to
4: college I It's unheard you of
0: nowadays. <laughs> nerd
4: alert.
3: Wait, nerd there's nerd this thing alert. you guys have to hear about. It's called college. <laughs> oh, dude,
0: that's where I did all the vandalism. <laughs> I just sold weed in college <laughs> oh yeah that's where i made all my money yeah, yeah. so hey, right, with the perfect transition this guy
3: yeah so um andrew rose i'm the head brewer blender at yeast of eden uh yeast of educated eden.
0: head brewer <laughs>
3: yes the college educated head High brewer. brewer. <laughs> i i did not go to school for brewing but um uh i work for yeast of eden uh head brewer. brewer blender and yeast of eden is the sister company of alvarado street started brewing for alvarado street when they opened up and we were lucky enough out to fill some barrels at our brew pub when we opened up our production facility in Salinas. It just, Alvarado Street started to begin to grow and allowed Yeast of Eden to expand and to become its own brand. We brought in more barrels, some fooders, and that's where we started out. Hence, uh, being in, located in the Salinas Valley, we thought it was apt to name our project Yeast of Eden after uh, the John Steinbeck novel, Yeast of Eden, about the Salinas Valley. And now we have a new. Uh, Five barrel brewery brew pub in Carmel by the Sea. It's a fun little mixed fermentation project. We do uh, intentionally inoculated mixed fermentation beers f- that are central to Saison, uh, but then also we do some spontaneous fermentation as well.
0: So that's what was really cool about So when I first came here, you and I sat down, had a couple beers, talked right there, and, and you were talking about how. And, and not not as a negative thing, but like when you're making beer, you've got you got systems, right? You got quotas. You got a, I don't know about quotas, if that's right. Or, kind There's a very
3: like, regimented, planned out schedule, especially yeah. for production brewing. Yep. And uh, I moved started to move away from that. Uh, mixed fermentation and saison was always my passion, and so I followed the Yeast of Eden trail, and uh, I was able to drive that home. And uh, it's a lot of fun because. With these mixed fermentation, wild, spontaneous beers, it's more of a... It's not on your schedule, it's on the beer's schedule. The beer tells you when it's ready. It tells you when it wants to be put on fruit. It tells you, like, what what flavor profiles it's throwing out, what it wants to be paired with, and it's more of a... a very personal romanticized relationship with the beer
0: you told me about conversations well you've had like in the brewery right like he said he was like no you're not ready <laughs> you're done, i'm ready i'm ready for this he's like fuck you sit down yeah.
3: it's it's like that cheese it's commercial where they're like interviewing the cheese and it's like is it mature yet yeah, yeah.
0: not mature, <laughs> not, mature. <laughs> not mature hashtag not yeah. mature yeah. <laughs> So, so with you guys, did you start yeah. off as like wild fermentation? Is that what yeah? Actually,
4: the, we, we did. I mean, yeah. so I, I mentioned we started as a brew pub. Uh, we had a seven barrel system, and we were we we're doing a very small amount of beer. But we even from day one, we had a couple barrels. We had a, a rack of four barrels in the corner, and one of our of our first beers that we did in uh, as we were filling our tanks and our first round of fills at our brew pub, one of them went into into the barrels, and we did a mix ferment in barrels and uh so yeah i mean basically from day one we were we were definitely doing that um very limited at first and then within a year we took over a warehouse and and started to pack it with uh, we could fit in about 200 uh, 170 barrel uh like bariques like 220 liter barrels yeah um into that space so we we filled that very quickly um yeah, so we we have. I mean, only now in 2016 we were able to bring that to like large format wood, and and it's it's a and with that develop systems to like manage mixed fermentation beer and really give it the attention that it deserves. Cause, our warehouse there initially was off-site, and we were, th- we were shipping barrels back and forth from like a, a mile away, basically, yeah. in, a, in the back of a van, and which is not great for no. systems.
0: <laughs> well, they used to do that back in like the Belgium days, right? Like the initial years, right? In a van. <laughs> I mean, uh, Dave. That's,
4: but it's gotten a lot easier. And like I mentioned, we have we, we have a bigger team of brewers now, and we can have like somebody that's just focused on on the sour program to yeah, make sure that yeah. it's actually under control and we're actually monitoring things the way that they should be. And that's awesome. um, it's it like it's money well invested, and it's like it's time well invested. It's like it's amazing to have that attention on 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 the mixed ferment program now, and we the like, we have. Uh, nine 30 barrel fooders and four 60 barrel fooders it's a lot of beer plus a whole bunch of, of like barrels and there's so much beer to monitor and it's 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 been a big learning curve but having the team to, to devote the time to that it's been really fucking amazing and the beer is way better now we can you know give it each batch and like break it down into into the little variants of grapes and we do a lot of wine variants of, of mixed ferment beers and, and that and fruit variants and that sort of thing yeah do you bring uh, in those today sorry Dave <laughs>
0: oh dude that <laughs> you knew you knew the answer before <laughs> <What a dick. laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? Dude, that, but that's so. What was cool about that, and, and same thing uh, we were talking about earlier was it's that combination of like letting nature takes take its course combined with a fucking system.
4: But it is right? nature taking a course. But that's the thing. It's like you almost need more attention because you're 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 allowing it to do its thing, and you, you there's so you less control. To, yeah, there's yeah. less control. It's like you need to check in on every fucking product all the time to make sure that that's all it's like Good, is it ready yeah. or not if it's yeah. if it's if it's ready perfect yeah. if it's, exactly if, yeah. it, if it's not ready it's like it's young or if it's you know and there's so many fucking youngs out mix for out or, or it's a fucking old and acidic and you yeah know, EA yeah and shit exactly that's cool, man
0: that you were all about that earlier yeah. yeah, That's yeah. what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome though like because he was like when he was talking about like creating it on like a systematic level it's like fuck i don't want to be Tied by a calendar, I want to be tied by what's what's going on, mm. right? Take a sip here, take a sip there. Watch out for Daisy. Like, right, you don't want to be set to a fucking schedule.
3: Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, it, it it definitely makes it easy. Uh, being having a hard set schedule, it makes it easy to know wh- when you're packaging beer, when sure. you're cleaning beer, when you're brewing. And it's it it makes life very easy. However, with the mixed fermentation side, uh, you can set some sort of schedule around it, but then. Things are going to change all the time. It's just yeah. uh, whenever the beer is ready, it's ready, and that's one of the things. When did you guys decide to delineate
4: like, their, your Alvarado and um, East of Eden, and like clean and, like you guys have like a very clear program now for sour and. I would say like two. That,
3: it was like when we yeah. kind of so East of Eden was officially like started in 2015. Uh, Alvarado Street started in 2014, uh, and about a few months like two Why or so I months only th- see, I only saw only used to beating stuff around like yeah it's only, it only, it's only started really it's started growing a lot now um, part of it is we have a lot more resources going into social media now that really helps but then uh, getting a little more distribution uh so initially with Alvarado, we filled some barrels early on. I shouldn't be asking questions,
4: should I? No, you're No, you're fine. You're no, fine. No, keep asking. No, I thought it was great. No, no that I was. Think, yeah, yeah
0: I, absolutely. I'm sorry. No, no, dude.
2: Uh, we were actually talking about the uh, lineage of Alvarado and Sevilla. Yeah, how, how how did the, the split up of 2015?
3: Uh, it was a very messy divorce. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, so Alvarado Street, we were filling some barrels. We did release some mixed fermentation beers under the Alvarado Street brand, but then it, there came a time where I forget exactly how it came, <clears> up, <throat> up, came up, but we did, we were going to name a beer Yeast of Eden, ended up deciding to keep it as a name for the brewery and mm-hmm. just kind of com- make a clear delineation between the products. Part of it because Alvarado Street creates kettle sours, um, and then
1: Hazies. we kind of <laughs> wanted to
3: make a clear like separation between like for our consumers, why you can get like a four pack of like fruit kettle sour for sixteen bucks or whatever of like sixteen ounce cans, yeah. but then there's fermento. this mixed fermentation bottle that's like seven fifty, but it's anywhere from like sixteen to twenty something dollars. Like this is why it's different. Like rather yeah. than like part of it was trying to make a clear distinction to the consumer, like how these are different. Like we work very hard to sell the story and explain the process, but then it's also we just thought of. Separation was fitting and this brand like deserved more to have a very uh, yeah.
2: Good Unique. story we wanted yeah. to
3: like uh, pay homage to the uh, all the romanticism that we create around it But then also uh, all the time that goes into making these beers.
0: So it's kind of the separation of like the because that's kind of two different demographics, right? Yeah, you've got the people that are fucking. Yes, I'm all about that. I don't care if it's forty dollars a bottle. I'm in. I love the story. I love that they went forty miles from where they, you know, the boys get the is what we call them. The boys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like, dudes, I just want to fucking <laughs> milk all my money on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so that's a, that's a that's Little a great house. differentiation, and uh, I mean. Because beer's about making fucking good shit, but you also got to make money. Right? Yeah. You got to stay in business. So it's the separation of those two and... And
3: it, it, is, it, is, has, it has come with challenges um, of with starting a whole new brand, you got to like start a whole nother social media following and like explain to people what you are. Yeah, yeah. And there is challenges with that, but mm. it's been great. Um, it's allowed us to create our own conversation around the beer and like really steer the focus because we're, since we're a mixed fermentation brewery, it allows us, since we only do that now that we have our own brand and we're separated, it allows us to control that conversation mm. and create a whole narrative around it and we can solely focus on that and give it the love and the attention it needs and uh not that another brewery couldn't do that um that does everything and it just worked well for our uh, for our two brands it worked well to separate there and
4: uh well i think it's i think it's a symptom of of how the market is because i agree the reality is like it is different markets i don't think it necessarily needs to be different markets but you brought it up like it's different markets and you're appealing to different markets which is that that's the attack I don't, I, I, the way we've approached it is like, it's not, it, why Why is it different markets? Why should yeah. it be different markets? Like, yeah. somebody can Shouldn't enjoy be. a fucking $3 Pilsner and a $45 bottle of, of natural wine. Yeah. Why should you not be able to enjoy a sick IPA
2: yeah, market and mixed fermentation? It's beer. very
4: true. Yeah. And yeah. Even though the spectrum's yeah. like $4, four dollars a can or $16 a bottle, <laughs> yeah. whatever the fuck it is. You know, I guess we're taking the macro approach of trying to like shrink the market and make like bud, like bud a... light as similar to as like a high-end mixed fermentation as possible. Maybe that's the same approach mentally. But like, really, like our 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 you know our affordable program is like sim, like even our kettle sour. We don't do kettle sours, but like a quick sours and and pale ales and IPAs are in like a certain bracket. And you know, it does take more time and more ingredients and everything to do a good mixed ferment. Like especially when you get into like high end grape varieties, definitely and, yeah. Uh, <gasps> doing a, a big mix fermented fruit beer, that's a, it is a different market, but I don't. I think it could be the same person so, that's enjoying those. So yeah, you know that's largely how our branding's been, and we've done our yeast of Eden shit, which. You know, again, you know, two different approaches yeah, to the same problem. Totally, yeah. Right? But, <laughs> it confuses you know, the our, shit out of people, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, to date, yeah, our, 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 exactly. like, yeah. our high-end it's mixed shit exactly. is, like, branded similarly to our IPAs,
3: but it's, yeah. you know, we, exactly, we try yeah. to communicate what that is when we do it, even if we look at like idiots trying to do it. But. <laughs> no, I think you guys are doing a great job, and it's, even trying to differentiate, is it has created problems for us, because there are people who are like, so is... Ysavine Alvarado is it different it's like yeah yeah. but then also that's a hard question it's I always like, tell people like hey I guess have you ever no. had like, like
2: Gentleman's Jack like you've had Jack Daniels but have you ever had Gentleman's Jack yeah <laughs> it's different what, like, is, what yeah. is Gentleman's that's Jack
4: that's good yeah, yeah it's a little nicer <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's <a> nice. really <laughs> like the nice Jose <laughs> Cuervo yeah, you never had you're like
2: ah Jose Cuervo I can't drink that yeah you drink like the Jose Cuervo whatever it's called and uh yeah it's the like the stuff. or it's really good yeah and it's like it's obviously it's it's more expensive, it's a hundred dollars a bottle, it's looks yeah. in this elegant, you know, thing. Um, but it's the same product, same name, you but yeah. or not same product, but just same name, but like, you know, they're 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 higher end kind of thing. Like they're more uh treasured and more like cared after kind of like product. They're yeah. just like pumping out the weekly uh well tequila they pump out, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, so it's like the man. Like we, yeah, yeah. No.
3: No. I think I think no. we took some of our inspiration from like in the separation of like how there's. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not, Matt and John. I I'm
2: laughing at the. Uh, <laughs> Someone's be yelling like, no in the back of the
0: podcast, like Matt. <laughs> yeah. This little girl, she's awesome. Daisy's not being Daisy's 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 sweetheart. She's just like, like, yeah, just a burrito. That's all I want. You cool with that, John? Yeah. (laughs) She
2: actually put on Camp Cool Ship.
0: Uh... (laughs) She did. Dude, she's like the Betty White of Cool Ships. She's the Betty White of Cool Ships.
4: (laughs) 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 Like, they're doing the same, they're fucking with us now because they're actually doing the same movements. They've got the same sweater on. They've got their hat the <laughs> same do. way. Yeah. Fully same. matching. Like, I can John fully tell who's who, but, like, <laughs> like, you guys <laughs> are playing up the, the similarities here. You literally are moving the same way now.
0: just like, all Canadians are the same. Oh, shit. So, all right, so we didn't even answer that. So, like, what – so you guys got invited here by these – two fucking jabronis right yeah. jabronis thank you <laughs> yeah matching shirts with ponies and sunsets they're, they're right be- beautiful beautiful man so like yeah so from from canada and from freaking california like what brought you guys to this fucking
2: it's a good question i mean, uh, call it? I mean like, we just
0: beautiful landscape
2: i have you know been you know to many festivals like oh, we see each other around kind of thing but yeah never formally like, meet each other kind of thing. Yeah, I met these guys at um, at uh, the Firestone Invitational. Um, and we just started talking and, uh, yeah, just kept, kept the thing going, you know, yeah. see him wherever, uh, festival. It's like a big family. Like, it's like a traveling, like, circus kind of thing, like yeah. the brewing industry. Yeah. Because when you go to somewhere, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out and see my buddies in this wherever location, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's weird because it, it is like a little family and you're like, oh, I'll see you next week in New York or Miami or, you know, yeah. San Diego or Denmark or, where, you know, wherever yeah. you're, we're all, uh, we're all gravitating towards. Um, so it's kind of like you see them again, you you, you you keep the conversation going and uh, then you like throw down some like, hey, let's, you know, let, let me host you, you know, yeah. it's like a... Yeah, it's a, it's a hosting kind of thing. It's like, let's I want to take care of you. I want to show you what we do, and uh, and we'll have a good time doing it all, you know?
0: Dude, that's what, what that's you? what I love about yeah. it. Like, it cause for it's them, friendship. Because like, if I come here, and yeah. I don't
2: know anyone. Like, I know like a few people, but there's like, a lot of people that I don't know. And then through a few 90% days,
0: of these people you've never met yeah,
2: other than yeah, today. So yeah, never met yeah. today. And now yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go camping with them, and yeah. we're here and like you meet them and then you're like all of a sudden you know within hours you're all buddies
0: yeah you know? singing fucking songs <laughs> and
2: you got and, and then you Sky got rides, and then that's right? how yeah. they, it creates like you know lifelong or like yeah long relationships and it's crazy that that just those short hours creates something that's longer than that
0: you know what something that's crazy that's crazy you say that because that think of all that like think of all of what's going on up yeah. right here you know what that, know you know that. that you can actually measure that you can like measure you just
2: that. met them hours ago, and you're going to be doing something to them, you're going to be calling them up. Yeah, you know? but you I've, can
0: measure that. As weird as it sounds, it's like, because I, I think between the group of us, the majority of us are like, I don't give a shit about it. spreadsheets, numbers, shit, we right? To this podcast. Oh, yeah. we, came,
2: we came out here, we drove out here, it was like, you know, me, Luke, is his wife, and we come here, and we're like, <laughs> no one else is here. Catherine. Catherine I know Catherine <laughs> name. Lady,
0: lady in the shorts yeah. with the jacket.
2: Yeah. Uh, we come down here, and, you know, there's there's no one here. And we're just like, all right, like, okay, we're, like, setting up tents, and it's the sun. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're just camping. And then we're like, I kind of forget. I'm like, we're actually, beer's coming here. Like, wort is coming here. Like, we're not just here just to get... You know, drunk and have a bonfire and go camping. Yeah, like something else is actually happening. What's true? When I yeah. first showed up.
3: <laughs> Wait, we're not doing that.
2: <laughs> <What? laughs> i saying when we first showed <laughs> up, misled. I was like, we, we were like set up. <laughs> yeah. We were setting up tents. It's great. And I like forgot, and I was like, hey, like, I was like, oh fuck, we're doing something else and besides just like,
3: I don't know.
0: It's like that is that's a great point, dude. With, with the whole
3: industry and events like this, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just. Per fermented sugar water that brings us together. It's <laughs> yeah. like—is uh, just the beer people? <laughs> it's just beer and. Uh, but. <laughs> Get out <of> <laughs> but uh, I feel
0: like somebody needs to play that in the, in the mic. But no, it's, it's
3: yeah. It's the greatest thing about it's it, uh, point, and the thing in the beer industry <laughs> is, it's. <laughs> it's literally, yes, we all make beer and we love it and it's great. But like the thing that makes it phenomenal is the people, <laughs> yep. who do this, the drinkers and the makers and everything. And it's just. This great community, if you will just come together uh, to.
4: What was what,
3: what, the question? <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? What I think is
0: uh, what brought us here? Yeah. Right? Oh, dude, their lights just got like 1,500 times more bright. What is Arizona? Is there somebody, else, is there somebody think, else we should I bring on? The, the, oh. So, ho- real quick, plug your uh, like. What is the website? Where do you where do we find you guys?
2: www.alvaradostreet.com.
3: No, alvaradostreetbrewery.com, and then uh, yoebeer.com. Y-o-e-beer.
0: Y-o-e-beer. Yeah, we yeah, for all uh, Al- those haters. Uh,
3: Bellwood's beer on uh, on Instagram and
4: bellwoodsbrewery.com. Nice. scared But but. Back to your question, yeah. what like what brought us here and the, this whole thing? Yeah, I think that was right.
0: <laughs> was, yeah, was a yes, it it's was. The crystals yeah. in my I mean, yes.
4: These guys are, are <laughs> such a positive group, and you know, it's think, very true. You know, I met them back in 2013, I think. 2013, 2014, and from that meeting, you, you know, just not not that we were close, but you know, it's like you're going to like a <laughs> a work conference you're going to like a, a festival we're that, going to wart it, it was a rapier festival um like six years ago and these guys were just a positive influence on the group and just
0: a whole group of people <laughs> yeah like and just, everybody's yeah.
4: there just to you know meet other people that are trying to do the same sort of things and and you have people like these guys that are just trying to you know they're doing great things and they're trying to make everything positive and trying to like you know really Sorry. put it be a positive influence on the industry and you know so they do this project and this project is amazing it's uh you know it's like got solid noble roots and brings together people that are positive minded and yeah. it's an honor to be able to come down here and hang mm-hmm. out in arizona to work on a Something
3: like this When you get the invite To this It's very hard to say no Yeah, right?
4: yeah. <laughs> And it's very humbling Dude, it's like, Exactly I'd rather come here Than go New to Zealand For sure yeah. But any project I, like that Like yeah Like New Zealand yeah, Or like fuck yeah, man yeah, 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 Like yeah. to be
2: able to like Be like yeah I want I, well, yeah, Like wait, fucking but, to, I, I went to Tokyo To yeah. pour beer It's like yeah. What the hell is that yeah. Like You could tell You could tell You could tell Anyone five years ago Like You're gonna go to Tokyo And pour beer Out of a fucking Food truck
4: and, and and you're representing and, your and from your, beer, from your, yeah. community, In your it's community, community, it's like from, yeah. from your town. Yeah. It's like that's where you make you're beer. Like, you no, know, like, like, you know, we're downtown Toronto. Like, why ask, the fuck does anybody give a shit right? about any beer from outside of their area? And who knows? But he, it's like, like yeah. to be able to like represent beer coming out of downtown Toronto. That's amazing. Like, you know, you brought beer from uh,
2: from Monterey. Yeah. And you know, so you asked me two years ago. Like, oh, would you? I'd be like, hell he no. Like, you know, what? just like, do you see yourself doing this?
3: You know, in yeah. a certain amount of time, we're all just, just like, very, no. we're all just very lucky to have this as our yeah. job like, and our it's career like, and have was like oh are you, be, are you gonna be camping in or-
2: Arizona? On yeah. a podcast, we're yeah. at a campground right now. If no one knows, <laughs> uh, we are <laughs> there's, off which, the grid. Holiday, the Stars people. are just coming yeah. out now. Yeah, um, Dude, Dude, it's, it's gonna gonna be unreal, unreal, we're unreal. out here. We yeah. just, yeah. we just be unreal. pretty unreal. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> we just did a cool ship here in the middle of Arizona. Arizona Watching the
4: cool right there. Yeah,
2: under the stars. If you asked me that like a year or two, or two years ago. Yeah. I'd be like, hell no. Like, are you crazy?
0: We are now. We are now recording. Yeah, yeah. So. Three new guests with me Introduce yourself first
5: Uh, I'm Kyle from Libertine Brewing
6: Steven Ruddy from Libertine Brewing And Brian from Sour Sours Brewery
0: Sour Sours is is in Rancho
6: Cucamonga, California
0: California, you guys We're in California
6: as well, we're in San Luis Obispo and Morro Bay Nice, nice Those are our locations, yeah
0: so why the fuck are you guys in Arizona? Yeah. <laughs> I'm from
6: Arizona.
7: Are you
0: really? <laughs> yeah. No shit. Where at?
7: Uh, I was born in Phoenix, raised in Mesa. Okay. So I met AZ Wilderness as home brewers. No shit. When they were doing their Kickstarter, they were talking about isolating Arizona wild yeast and brewing with it. Yeah. And I had already was doing that, and I said, hey, you want to try that beer? Because I have that, you know, I just packaged that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I met them and went to their house for homebrew days, and stuff, so...
0: No shit. And, wh- and so where's your place now?
6: Rancho Cucamonga.
0: Yeah. We're about an hour
6: east of Los Angeles.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And where are you guys at? So, where's uh, Libertine?
6: So Libertine started in Morro Bay, California. If you've ever heard of The Rock in Morro Bay. Okay. Uh, that's where we started. We actually have a view of that from our location. Uh, we are in Slow now. And Kyle and I work in, uh, mainly out of Santa Maria. Okay. <clears throat> Santa Maria is uh, about 30 miles south of San Luis Obispo. Gotcha. And that's where our cellar is, and that's where our wood program is, and Kyle's, Kyle's our guy for that.
0: Yeah. Right the floor. Right Kyle, the floor. what the fuck are you
6: doing? <laughs> I'm just I'm letting him take that lead.
5: Um, yeah, so Santa Maria, we brew all of our wort up in San Luis Obispo. Okay. We uh, open ferment it in our cool ship for yeah. a couple days. And then um, we have our driver, Greg. He drives it down to me in Santa Maria, and I take care of it for the rest of its life.
0: Which yeah. is? How long?
5: anywhere between if it's Goza about three months but any other style of beer about nine months to, we're still going yeah <laughs> yeah we've got a, we've got a lot of uh, uh,
6: different processes for a lot of the different beers we do and Goza is probably our quickest turnaround but we also do a kind of weird Solera method on our Goza yeah. We, we have the both fortune and misfortune I think everybody in this industry will say they have the same kind of concept is that like we have the tools that we have and we don't get more tools so we work within the confines of exactly what we have and so we have two 60 barrel fermenters and we have a 30 barrel fermenter and our blending is exactly that uh, so sometimes uh, we have a lot of tank space sometimes we don't and we have to kind of figure it out from there so it GOES is our quickest one we do a solarium that it's a uh, basically two-thirds of it is wood-aged, one-third of it is clean, uh, kettle-soured, uh, cool-shaped, fermented, though. Um, and we've kind of perfected that, Kyle and I, over the last three years to the point where, like, we're really, really happy and it's been very consistent. Um, and that's kind of our flagship here, the Pacific Ocean Blue Goza, which uh, is named after Dennis Wilson's uh, very, very infamous album that's both the worst thing you've ever heard and the best thing you've ever heard. <laughs> uh, our, our owner, founder, Tyler Clark, he's very, very, like, vinyl records, like, that's his lifeblood. Like. Yeah. How uh, many yeah. Dennis Ocean, Wilson
5: beers do we make?
6: We make a lot of Dennis Wilson beers, yeah.
0: <laughs> like, as, a, as the like, like, the sports. prefix? Uh, yeah. As the prefix? Yeah, yeah. Brian yeah, Wilson, so yeah.
6: Uh, Good we Vibrations got, got is one of our we beers. Uh, we do Summer Breeze. It's just a picture Everybody of go. Dennis Wilson's face. Like, super technicolor. <laughs> and uh, people come up and they're like, Oh, you got, like, a picture of Jesus on those, like, labels? Like, no, it's not Jesus, man, That's Dennis Wilson, but, like, (laughs) according to
5: Tyler, (laughs) it's basically the same thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much, right? Dennis Dennis
5: Wilson is Jesus, and then Wild Brews is the Bible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is all your beer cool-shipped? All of Yes, every beer we make is cool-shipped.
6: Yeah, every beer is cool, shifter or open for a minute. Was that it's you that over there? Up. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: He needs a microphone. This dude knows his shit. <laughs> this is the interviewer, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Luke's
6: our interviewer. I love you yeah.
0: guys. Well, so you guys do wild fermentation, too, right?
7: Yeah, we've been doing uh, spontaneous for two seasons, well, three seasons now, so we have stuff in the barrels for about 26 months or so right now.
0: And why, though? Like, why, like, wild, like, instead of the classic... IPA, Porter, shit like why? Uh,
7: when I started home brewing, my focus was on sours because I, I didn't really think the commercial brewers really, you know, they were just buying yeast from the lab. So I started right. isolating yeast and trying to find our own house drains. And, and now I've kind of developed our process more towards spontaneous fermentation because I think that brings a better characteristic. So we're, we're still trying to uh, fine-tune the process.
0: Uh, yeah.
7: Every year we make adjustments to it.
0: But that's you have to do that, right? I mean, that's happened for hundreds of years of yeah. fine-tuning.
7: And we're trying yeah. to relearn what the Beltons have already done.
0: So for you guys to come here in the middle, the middle of that, I think you had a question. So he was we're a,
6: alluding to that a lot. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, us coming here, well, and, you know, you're from good. Phoenix like, and you know like, these guys. Good one. You've got the relationship. Uh, Kyle and I are. I mean, we've been we've been doing this now for about three years for Libertine. but Libertine's been around since 2012. We started out of Steinbeers, so everything was hot rocks. Uh, in a mash cool ship and like that was Tyler's like passion was like sour beer so it was all about uh, just working with the tools that you had and that's like kind of the libertine method it's like what tools do you have how can you make this happen how can you make this work and so that's why like a lot of our stuff like I don't want to say inconsistent, but, like, a lot of our stuff changes and it evolves and it, and it gets stranger. And, like, there's people who are, like, old school fans from back when we were just doing the Steinbeers. And, like, since Kyle and I have taken over the program a lot, uh, we've changed and we've evolved that program. But we've always colored within those same lines that Tyler set for us in the beginning. And that, you know, it has to be Cool Shipped. Uh, it has to be Wood Age. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It has to be Wood aged, It has to be Cool Shipped. Uh, it has to have that, like, Central Coast Terroir. And that's, like, his big thing and like that's 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 where we come from and that's what we kind of work within um and so for us to come out here i mean tyler met these guys i think at uh hanapude i want to say and uh it's been his dream for like kind of the last two years to do this and like we yeah. actually kind of did a um a facsimile of it uh last year so we made a beer called baby feet which is a, a replica of a beer he did originally with his daughter audrey aubrey sorry aubrey Ooh, who did Tyler did okay so uh, he went out uh, spent the night in uh, old vine zin field out in uh, where we're at is wine country okay so he was out uh, found these old vine zins out in this like sand pit and he was like this is whose are these and he didn't know brought his daughters out did like a whole camp out and like grabbed them all in these buckets had his kids like stomp them down so he made his beard baby feet out of Zinfandel grapes and he was like well, I want to do this again, but I want to do it on a grander scale. So we actually worked at the winery uh, called Sans Liege. Uh, Kurt Schlocklin, he's out like right down the road from where we're at in Pismo Beach. And so we did kind of this concept because he was so stoked about like what these guys were doing. Yeah. So uh, went out in the feet or went out into the vineyard, uh, Rancho Rio Grande out above Lopez Lake, right where we're at. Um, had his kids come out with us, camp. All the winemaker plus us uh, All the kids went out and stomped the grapes, put it into a a spontaneous uh, rye uh, saison. And then that was kind of the genesis of of this beer we call Baby Feet. And so for us to come out here and be able to do this, and like we're serving that actually tomorrow uh, at the Phoenix location, it's kind of cool to see those through lines happen where it's like we've taken what they're doing and we've kind of put our spin on it. But now we get to do our spin on what they're doing here with them and it's, it's super super cool
0: that's why you perfect dude that was great like it's, that was that was a great culmination of what is happening yeah right?
5: it's tight yeah, yeah. and yeah. back to back to the whole yeast and like terroir and tasting like the central coast thing there's not a libertine beer that we make that doesn't taste like a libertine beer we get we get that terroir of the central
6: coast yeah.
0: What, Where and, are they? Where are they? Because I, I want to at it right now. Right now, yeah. <laughs> so with,
6: with yeah. Rancho Cucamonga, cool. though, also, like, how do you feel about what you're getting out there? Because I'm really, really curious about that.
7: Ours is more of kind of a traditional Belgian uh, Rancho hybrid. So uh-huh. we've been trying to replicate basically the Belgian profile through using the microbes from Belgian Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Trying to bring them into our building, plus, you know, whatever we found in wild, spontaneous bottles. And then we've been also mixing, you know, California wheat and trying to bring in our own wild yeast with that to kind of trying to make a mix, kind of make our own thing. Um, but I don't, I don't really want to be like a 100 percent clone of, of Belgian lambic. You could I mean why you could just buy Belgian lambic cheaper off the shelf We're we're trying to be able to replicate that, you know, technology-wise, and then manipulate it beyond that, and then also blend it with other styles as well. So, I mean, you know, we could turban mash something, cool ship it, and then also pitch it with like a half strain after for a furlic acid rest to try to make it more barnyard, or add a saison strain, or, or one of our isolates to try to drive a different character, and then blend that in with a spontaneous beer, right? I, um, I
5: love that you're still using your, your strain, like your flavor, because so many people just try to replicate and copy. Like, right. trying to just do what they're doing instead of have, making it their own. Like, using their terroir, using their environment and making it this, taste this like them. This is
4: fully hijacked well,
5: now. Yeah, it's super. <laughs> well, no, and we've talked about this, Kyle and I, about how uh, there are
6: some really, really great breweries on the West Coast that are replicating the Belgian style. But they're trying really hard to replicate the Belgian style. And so it's cool to hear, like, yeah, no, I like that process, but I want to still keep that like my own character to it yeah it it doesn't it doesn't really make sense
7: to do a hundred percent clone and uh yeah we just want to kind of prove that we can do it and find out why it does it and then manipulate it
6: beyond that how how do you feel about your knowledge of how it does it do you feel like you've like got kind of a handle on it and you're like
7: we'll have a better idea after after this season uh we did a lot of uh pre-acidification before fermentation to kind of see how ph affects it to see if it kind of matches you know the different belgian producers whether it's you know uh boon versus girardin or or, right. or something like that um but also you know we're we're messing with like hot side aeration to see if that affects it as well as far as like is See if we can oxidize it before fermentation, um, and then also you know we 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 take a lot of notes on as far as like hopping rates and and uh, cooling temperatures and things like that to see if it kind of matches the profile
6: as well. What so I uh, we did a beer with Faction Brewing. And we were talking about hot side aeration, and so I love that you brought that up because uh, there's this funny story about uh, Michael Lewis, the malt scientist up at UC Davis, and he listened to an hour-long presentation about hot side aeration and this guy just basically went through hot side aeration this this and these are the problems you get blah, blah blah and at the end of the presentation they went to michael lewis and they were like you're a mole scientist how do you feel about hot side aeration and all he said was to my knowledge hot side aeration does not exist so it, I, I think that's funny that like not funny but i think it's interesting that like in a wild program do you think that's Do you think that there's something there? I mean,
7: I think on a smaller, like, homebrew level, it doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. But I think possibly on a commercial level that it does exist. I mean, a lot of the the Belgian beers that I've tried seem to have, like, a sweet kind of sherry character to them that doesn't really have the acetic profile that would really... I mean, it seems like it's oxidized before fermentation. Right. And that's kind of what we're trying to prove is, like, can we oxidize the beer before, you know, Acetobacter or Brett with Oxygen hits it? Yeah. But... but, 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 uh,
4: do you see any consistency with hot side aeration from Lambic producers? Or is
5: it just...
7: I mean, to me, it tastes like it's there. But, it, you know, it, we'll see how these batches turn out from this year. I mean, every season we change our process just to, to see how we can manipulate it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be a few, few years down the road before we can really say what our results
5: are. Isn't that the greatest part about wild brewing? All of our experiments, (laughs) we don't get to see nothing about
6: (laughs) for three years. years. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, I love that. I'm I'm super excited because, like, just, like, the passion of that and then just knowing that, like, we're going to try a bunch of your stuff tomorrow and then tonight, and then just knowing that, like, two, three years from now, just, like, seeing that, like, evolution and, like, how
7: those change. Yeah, that's all the stuff that I brewed last year. Right, right. (laughs) You'll be trying it in three years. (laughs) (laughs) So
4: can I – what – I'm curious what – at least you know rules or dogmas or like feelings you you from the lambic world you feel are true because i feel like like hot saturation is one it's like does it matter does it not or like i mean i'm using I, age I, go there, hops, I go, even or yeah
7: we use we've used age hops in every one of our have you badges. compared it with
4: non-age hops with some i've U never content? done
7: a beer with non-age tops never we, yeah never wow it's the, that first year you know we used the bsd lambic blend which doesn't give you an alpha so we we were doing 10 BBL batches anywhere between just like a handful of hops up to about eight pounds to kind of figure out, you know, where it should be. But it seems like the bitterness on those hops is just higher than what most of the aged hops, uh, you know, Belgian burrs are using. Because um, once we tried to, once we found out what batches were not bitter and sour after a year, once we tried to replicate the hopping rate, it just became too sour after a new year. Um, but now that we're using a lower alpha whole leaf hop, you know, with a known alpha acid at harvest time, it you know we're hopping at double the rate, and we're not seeing any acid, you know, yeah. production, and not not near the same level of acid production. Interesting. Luke, and
5: when is that addition using, using
7: a low alpha h yeah. hop oh, versus a high alpha? I think it's a twenty thirteen harvest Hirstbrucker with one point two alpha at harvest versus. And that's that's what's in this today, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I brought a bag for this, yeah. this batch as well. Right. And and this batch was hopped at about one pound per BBL, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes.
6: Yeah, interesting. it's interesting. It it smells really. It's got this like nice like, kind of like umami cheesy kind of character to it, just in the aromatics right now. So wait, Luke, you you use aged hops obviously as well, right? Uh, we've used we've done spontaneous with aged hops and non-aged hops okay so how does the non-age tops versus the age tops how does that work out for you well that's you what I'm curious about that's why I was asking Like, yeah, wh- no, I, what's, what actual evidence is there whether or not an age top matters or, or, not? or not Luke from Bellwoods is back with us yes sir <laughs> <laughs> hi so yeah we I, I find that I think it's interesting the aging and the way that hops are aged. Like I've, I've listened and I've talked to other breweries that are doing aged hop stuff and like how they do it, what their time frame is. And like a lot of people have this very scientific kind of method. Cause it's, I'm assuming based on what they've read about people doing it in Belgium. It's like, we're American. We're trying to do a different thing. Canadian. I'm sorry. Uh, North American. How about that? Um, and I, I'm curious, do you think that there's kind of a craft to how you age your hops? Because I, I kind of feel that that's a, a part of it. I think everybody
7: is, it, is kind of following the books where they age in burlap with whole leaf, and I've never seen that in Belgium. No, I've, we only I've age seen, pellets, actually. Yeah, I've seen 10-year-old pellets in Belgium that are yeah. still in the mylar, but, and the, I've seen whole bales.
4: And the, ki- the kids. is... Are- Supposedly, to get an alpha acid drop, right? And we've, we've actually aged like 14, uh, not 14, maybe 11% alpha acid Chinook, somewhere up there, 10, alpha, 11. Um, and the drop on that, we, we ended up getting it tested, and it was down to, I think, one5 or 2% alpha acid after a year. Yeah. Like a year and a half. It aged remarkably quickly. Whereas we also aged Styrian Celia, it was like yeah. two and a half alpha. So it dropped to like one and a half or something like that. It was just not a, it wasn't a linear drop from where it was, so which if, I found interesting. Yeah,
6: but you're using old world
4: hops too. Uh, well, no, we use Chinook and Celia. Chinook, Cilia. sorry, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's you said that.
7: that, that that's interesting because on a homebrew level, I used to use old Willamette and. I hop batches at, you know, like one pound per BBL, and it, it just it came out extremely like a and bitter undrinkable even at after open one aging. one pound hmm. at, after aging. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was like a previous, you know, two or three years old harvest, and then we open aged it beyond that, it still came out too bitter even after that.
6: Yeah, we're working on, um, I want to, Crystal is my favorite North American hop personally and it's it's low alpha to start with and that's what i'm going to start utilizing more and more and more is the crystal hop and we use it in our uh, one of our table saisons as like a clean kind of hop profile but I, I think it's interesting that everyone kind of goes to those those german and those old world hops and i love that you're doing the chinook thing um because it, i mean it's mainly because we had a bunch of chinook that we didn't know how to do and it with, and it's so. probably like yeah exactly we, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but it, but it, if, if yeah. the profile works, you're gonna wanna continue to utilize that. Yeah, um, it was, it
4: was shocking how, how quickly the alpha acid drops and yeah. and if it's down to a level that are usable then I don't see why not. Yeah. I'm still curious whether or not like a fresh hop um, would have the same profile. You have a low alpha acid like you know, we, we have some we've had some stereotyp that are around two percent alpha acid or I right. think one was one point eight or something. It was like super low. Um, I'm you know, I realize that like oxidized alpha acids and oxidized beta acids are, are different. Right. Um, yeah. So, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't really understand the, the mechanisms Sorry. behind whether or not it, uh, an aged hop actually will create a better beer than a fresh low alpha acid hop hopped at a level to achieve IBUs that will inhibit souring too quickly. And, you know, we're, we're just trying to make good beer. We're not trying to mimic anything, really. We're trying to make it a, a Lambic-inspired
6: beer that Absolutely. Uh, the,
4: has the same sort of acid the, profile the North American and, Wild and Ale funk
6: yeah. versus the the, the Lambic-inspired. Now, I agree with that because I think they, of it as it's it's about flavor profiles more than it's about rec- replicating yeah. something that's already existed. And I think we're all in agreement on there. Well, there's also a lot of, like, rules that people have
4: about Lambic beers that I don't think the Lambic producers are even following. So... Oh no! You know, they have these like dogmas of like, oh, you can't. You know, you've got to use age tops. Oh, I mean, well, we can see. It. It. We're talking about the, Dude, the every, traditional, every,
6: right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Is age tops actually a thing? I don't. Remember. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the people who are doing it and the people who like abide by it, like absolutely more power to them. Like, Godspeed. But that's not what we're about personally at the libertine. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Like, what's the point of rules I mean, if you're going wild? Right? Yeah. We, more and more, we're just trying to find things that work for us. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Find yeah. your path, find what works for your strain and uh. your method. Yeah, your house. You got to work with your house character and work with your flavors. You can't just try to force it into something. You got to let it do what it's gonna do. Right. Well, this has been great.
6: It's Uh, wonderful
5: interviewing uh, you guys. I'm not actually the host, so (laughs) I'm not
4: gonna try to carry this on beyond. (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh,
6: Eric, (laughs) your your ears must have
4: been burning because I feel like you came right at the moment. No, you absolutely did. I just started (laughs) talking about.
0: I, just. I saw him take up his headphones He's like what? I'm out dude Like I don't even I don't even care What the consequences are I'm out So was I brought That's here To wrap this thing, thing up You guys yeah. Plug your Plug your places You guys are doing uh, awesome shit all, go, all of you guys for sure. Eric you're full of shit Come up to our place Luke What the fuck Luke, get the Hundeberg now! <laughs> wow. get
4: out! That's all of a sudden really passionate! Eric, thank
6: That's, you. That was so yeah, oh, good. Possibly. Oh, yeah, uh, Libertine Brewing, uh, Kyle Murdoch, Stephen Ruddy. We're at uh, San Luis Obispo, California. We're in Avala Beach, like La Moro like, Bay with our tasting time rooms. Time our time time our time time cellar time facilities time. in Santa Maria. Uh, hit us up. We'd love to take yeah, you guys please. around.
7: Let's drink yeah. your beer. And then we got, you know, Brian Doney from Bye. Sour Cellars. We're in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Um, yep,
0: yeah. Come on by anytime. Come on by. Drink some beers. Yep. Have a good time. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. If you ever see any of these guys' beers anywhere, make sure you get them. If you guys are in a location where they are, seek them out. You will not be disappointed. So... Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your support. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Um, put us on your resume as your, um, what do they call that? A referral? I don't know if it's a referral or not, but just tell everybody about Tap That Easy podcast. Really appreciate it. Rating and review on iTunes always helps as well. Um, send us your rating and review. Send me eric at tapthateasy.com. Send me your rating and review screenshot. Let me know, hey, just send her. A- Submit a rating and review, and I'll read it. Give you a little shout-out if you want to. If you don't, say, don't mention my name. So, you guys are awesome. Keep supporting the show. Keep drinking great local beer. And always remember, stay awesome.
1: Estoy enamorado de la negra Tomasa Y cuando se va de casa, me pongo so Estoy enamorado de mi negra preciosa E quando se It's right. time to shut it's down verified. this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been hijacked. Yeah. yeah. This mm-hmm. is really
5: live. It's not live.
0: Oh yeah, this is like this is on CNN right now. <laughs> okay,
5: CNN.
6: Good. At least it's No, no. Yeah. No.
0: You're going to do some editing, I hope. Absolutely. (laughs)